Welcome, a listener, to another episode of Spam, 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 Hummock. This is episode 138 of the podcast, and the first part of another two-parter. That's right, the last recording session we did ran on for well over two hours. And so once again, I find myself with cause to split that up into a couple of episodes, although I think maybe the break is a little bit cleaner um, in this case. But that's neither here nor there. Some interesting discussion ahead, which I am entirely not part of. Harmony Dragon, Draxanath, and Golem Dragon pretty much carried the discussion in this one. And a lot of what they talked about were games that they were streaming or playing at the time. Uh, the character Kiana from Honkai Impact 3rd came up in discussion for a while, and that somehow led into a discussion of personal produ- uh, projects and 3D modeling software and 2D sprite creation and all kinds of stuff. So... Again, meandering set of topics, but really, do you come here expecting anything else? I don't think so. And of course, we are now hosted on Anchor.fm, a new and much more social podcast hosting platform. You can find us at Anchor.fm slash podcast or at spam, 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 humbug.com. And you can take advantage of some of the neat community features that are at Anchor. Leaving us voice messages is highly encouraged. We'll find a way to factor those into episodes. And of course, you can give our episodes applause. You can like episodes, like the entire podcast. That's all through the Anchor app. For those of you who do the smart home thing, you can find us on the Apple HomePod or on Google Home. Try saying, hey, smart assistant of your choice, play the podcast Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug and see what happens. You should get an episode from us playing on your speakers. And as always, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our Patreon backers, patreon.com slash ultimacodex, if you would like to join that particular legion. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and the codex by that means. And especially a hearty thank you to our co-producers, Seth, Goldenflame, Chris, Dominic, Violation, Cranberry, Christopher, Bruce, Darkwraith, Dragon, Helgraf, Gronk, Pascal, and Thorwan. All right, let's get on with the show. So yeah, the new Doom is good. I like the classic super shotgun being talked about. The fact they highlighted that way is amazing. The, the, fact weapons, the fact that you told me they specifically mentioned it was his original super shotgun, it's a big thing to me. Oh yeah, it's a fan thing. That It's like, hey, we're going to give a little kudos to the fans. The fact that the whole story so far is focusing on you being the Slayer and talking about what the, you know, a little bit with like, what you have done and your influence... It's kind of cool, actually. A lot of the bad guys are classic ones. Some are a couple new twists on some, but it feels just like a Doom game. It's exactly what we wanted. It's one of those things, like, why mess with the perfectly good equation? I think it was Polygon or Kotaku. I forget which one. Their little thing was basically, you know, complaining about how, like, they didn't, like, innovate enough. It's like, you stupid? And they complained, like, one bad guy was too hard. It's like, no! He's as difficult as he's supposed to be. He's always been one of the most difficult bad guys in a Doom game. That's kind of half the fun. It's, yes, we have the easy little demons, and we have these really medium difficulty ones, and then we have the, oh my god, these are the most frustrating ones in the world demons. There's one new one that is absolutely a pain in the ass, because he puts up these stupid little annoying shields at random times, and then sometimes he blocks some of my grenades and shit. It's like, god damn it. <laughs> Just makes you want to just go, Arr. but the nice thing is, even on a, one of the middle level difficulties, the game's like difficult, but not like rage quit difficult. So like on stream today, I did the same area, the bad guys, I think five times before I finally cleared it. I just kept dying and I finally figured it out, but it didn't like, it wasn't like ragey type, you know, frustration. It was just, okay, what can I do to be a little more efficient? The chainsaw is there, though, like you noticed, but that you use gasoline for, and you use the chainsaw to get ammo back. That was like in the Doom uh, 2016 remake, from what I heard and watched. You have the uh, finishing blows, the glory kills, as they call them, which are always entertaining. That was something from 2016 I'm glad they kept, for sure, because that was one of my favorite things. And there's some nice variety. Like, one of the challenges you can do is defeat the same type of demon three different ways with three different glory kills in the end. So you actually have to kind of think about your positioning and all that stuff, and it's actually quite a lot of fun. I assume the weapon you have equipped is also a factor. 
Um, no, because all you do is you press the E button when you get up to them glowing orange. I think it's more position. Like if you're leaping down on them, if you're coming from in front of them, behind them, side of them. I like it, though. It's the way it should be. is just all positional. Well, I'm glad for you. It's just, I don't have the reflexes I had 20 years ago when oh, I was God. playing you. Oh, I don't either. With the nerve damage in my right hand, it's a little frustrating at times, but yeah, I like the Doom series, and I'm just going to keep playing them. Oh, by all means, enjoy. You know, play what you it's love. Like Final oh. Fantasy. It's like Final Fantasy. You just, I'm just going to keep playing every single one. 15 is on the list the moment I finish beating Dragon Quest XI, which I'm down to the final boss. I just have to beat him. And who is your final boss? Uh, what is it? Cosmos or whatever? The guy where you have to use the superior shield of light to then remove his purplish stuff, and then he's got the tentacle arm. Is he the one that Claw looks one, like perfect The style. cannon one. He was the one with the goofy face that you unlocked by changing time. That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you. Okay, because a lot of people think that there's three acts to that game. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, you know. And the game really makes you feel like you're putting a pin in it, like the game is ending when you beat Act 2, complete with credits that the PS4... Make it feel did. like the end of it, yeah. And it would have been a good game right there. It really would have been. But then they want do regret is not grinding enough in Act Two. It would have been easier to level up a lot more then, but eh. Well, grind is something that becomes innate when you've played enough Dragon Quest games. Yeah. That was my own mistake. I'm probably under leveled by like seven levels or so. What what level are you currently? Mm, I think sixty-three, sixty-four. <laughs> yeah, you're under leveled. You know what level I was when I went to beat the final hey, boss? I beat the, the final luminary question at, at under level 60. Fair enough. <laughs> but you know what level I was when I beat the final boss? Oh, you probably maxed out. Oh, I did, because that's one of the prerequisites for the Platinum Trophy on the PS4. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not worrying about that. Well, it's the first game I ever platinumed on PS4. <sighs> Meanwhile, as far as my streaming, I just finished Final Fantasy VI earlier this week. My favorite. Oh, the gameplay is amazing. The music is amazing. The graphics Kefka. are die for. Kefka. The best bad guy ever. I don't However, care what anyone says. He's the best villain ever in Final Fantasy. And I can't argue that. He actually won. He got what he wanted. I mean, he still died, but... He got what he was aiming for. Part of me is kind of curious to see how Final Fantasy VII Remake Episode One ends up being. Well, they're going to have to expand it out a lot to make just the Midgard Part of Seven worth a full-price AAA game these days. Well, they've, oh, excuse me. They've added a bunch of stuff, they said. They've expanded some stuff. I think there's a couple new characters. I can't help but wonder what they're going to do with the whole... Don Corneo side quest? <laughs> uh, everyone's curious about that. But at the exact same time, though, when you play, if you've, if you've played the demo on uh, PlayStation 4, wow. Like, that was good. Yeah, my hard drive space on my PS4 is kind of at a premium given how much I had to download for Spider Man. I went over to a friend's and I played it. We spent the night just going through it. Oh, man. I heard they added so much to just the power plant that it took about 45 minutes to an hour playing about a decent pace. Oh, at least, yeah. And the best part is, like, there were some people complaining about um, the boss fight, the robot, after you've placed the explosives. They couldn't figure out how to beat them. But they are such good voice cues and visual cues that they've put in it. And the it's fact brilliant. that you just have to pay attention to the dialogue a little bit. Do they have the whole flip over the tail? Well, it's got the laser, it's got rockets, you got to go under behind cover and stuff. It does have its tail and whatnot. Interesting. That will do damage. It's got a little shield generator you can target at one point, like and it bounces around. Like it actually feels like you're having to deal with an actual boss. Because I can tell you a bunch of my friends who felt like the 
They felt it was going to be Kingdom Hearts style action combat and felt betrayed. No, it is actually quite, it takes a little bit of strategy actually with some of the stuff. You can't just jump in willy nilly in every fight. Back to six though, I kind of burnt out hardcore during the play. I had to just take a couple of days to just not stream because I really didn't want to go back to it. <laughs> I spent seven hours straight, you know, after, you know, before the floating continent, getting everybody all their magic. Oh, you did all the... Mo- <laughs> every character got every spell. Did you try to get Gao all, every single one of his leaps? That I didn't do. I just got him Rodox so it's I could do it Tangier. It's not worth doing every single one. I've done that once. I still have the save game, but that was so many hours. And then I went back and did it again after I got Ragnarok. So I could get everybody the Ultima spell and enough levels to last them through the rest of the game. Because when you're grinding in the world of Ruin, most of the best place to fight is where the Cactrots are. And if you're not fighting Cactrots, you're fighting monsters that give a really good amount of experience and decent AP. Did you do the one exploit to try to get, what is it, a bunch of Genji cloves? No, I didn't. Oh. I figured I was breaking the game enough by going and farming an economizer, taking the gem box from the Fanatics Tower, and basically making Selles, uh, who I named after one of my friends, basically giving them or making them into a god of magical death. True, and- there is that. Kefka, pretty much the entire final dungeon is a joke when you just lay down mass wide dispersal ultima from everybody. And because I kept swapping the economizer around, I had enough MP to go around. It was silly. But awesome. Yes. And because I wanted to take a break from Final Fantasy after a combined 15 hours of grind between the in Tangier Island and the getting Ragnarok and getting an economizer. I wanted to play something that wasn't Final Fantasy after all of that. So now I'm doing Chrono Trigger. That's always a good game. Of course, I know people who would argue, yeah, you're still playing Final Fantasy. Mm, I'm one of those where I like to treat it as a different series still. Fair enough. I mean, granted, it was a dream team of the best of the Final Fantasy crowd and the uh, the Dragon Quest crowd. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how that one worked. You're trying to remember how Chrono Trigger worked? No, there's this one, that, that one glitch. For those that might be curious, but for the life of me, I can't think of it. Now, what saddened me was one glitch they did fix because I was playing the 1.1 version. Uh, you better believe one. I want to try to sketch it in Tangier. No. Again, they fixed that bug in 1.1. Yeah, my cartridge that I still have, that's the one I always use, still the 1.0, perfectly good for glitching multiple ways, including the Leo one, which is always nice. And yeah, I went for the Ragnarok Magicite instead of the sword because I didn't want to mess with doing the uh, Paladin Shield. Mm, Makes sense. By that point, I was just done with the game. I loved the story. I loved the music. I loved everything about it, but the grind. Mm, I think I always thought six was a little bit less grindy than some of the others. So it's definitely less grindy than two, but that's not saying much. Here, let me look this here real quick. I knew I hit this safe somewhere. Oh, good lord! I have so many different ones. And yes, I will admit when it comes to PlayStation 1 and Super Nintendo, I do emulate. I know, evil, evil, naughty, but... No, I, I, I go with this particular debate. If you have the cartridge, you own the cartridge, you can literally hold it up and show, hey, here it is. Yeah, use a fucking emulator. It's uh, worth it. And there's... It's an easier way to sometimes stream it. It's just to do that than try to hook up a capture card. And, uh... Oh, there's also one other simple truth. If it wasn't for emulation, we wouldn't have a lot of wonderful projects we have today, like, say, for example, the uh, the randomizer style uh, running. You've heard of random you've heard of randomizers, obviously. Oh yeah. Or especially 
one thing that you would have to play on an emulator because you'd have to have the ROMs to mod is there's one randomizer right now that's been very popular where they take they take a link to the past and Super Metroid and somehow merge the two games and randomize where your pickups are across both games. So you can have things like going to get your sword from your uncle in A Link to the Past and, say, getting um, a missile expansion. You could, go, you could go to get the Morph Ball and end up getting the Pegasus Juice. It's normally intended for races where people use the same randomizer seed to try to see who can get through it fastest. It's a test of your knowledge of both games. And if it wasn't for emulation, we wouldn't have such a thing. Or is it... I think a lot of people forget a lot of the history behind a lot of the speedrunners and what people and a lot of us figured out over the years. True. And I have one friend who would argue and basically sort of say the gins out of that particular bottle, it's not going back in, so might as well might as well embrace the technology that's there. Yep. Exactly. Alright, here we go. And corrupted file. Yep. Good. Can't open it. <laughs> There's something that caused an item to be like duplicated to large amount in Final Fantasy VI. I thought it was the Kenji gloves. Oh well. And then let's see, what's some other stuff that we had? Oh yeah, the, did you see the news about Chronicles of Illyria? I saw it. I well, I always think it's sad when an MMO gets canceled before it's finished. Yeah, I know, right? I can't say I've ever really paid attention to Illyria up until the point that I hear that it's canceled. So that's really kind of sad. Yeah, eight million dollars, and they produced less than Shroud of the Avatar. <laughs> Yeah, that's a minefield to talk about. Well, actually, not really in this particular group since we're the Discord uh, Ultimate Dragon. They want the actual... Um, people are actually talking about a class action lawsuit because of how pathetic. It's not like, like we have that option. <laughs> right. It's not like we have that option. But yeah, it's... It's sad. It's just sad. But then... So much in this world is, really. Now, speaking of MMOs that I'm looking forward to, there's one that's in open beta on Xbox. Hmm. However, when it was announced that they were bringing it over from Japan at last year's E3, they were saying for Xbox and PC. Which one would that be? Uh, Fantasy Star Online 2. Oh, that's right. Doesn't the uh, Amazon one that they're doing start closed beta sometime this month? Amazon's doing an MMO? Yeah, it's called New World. I couldn't tell you anything about it. I think it's closed beta sometime in April for those who pre-order, and then the game launches sometime in May. Well, there's actually a bit of kerfluffle going on right now regarding Fantasy Star Online 2. Oh, people are afraid it's going to be uh, terrible? Well, no, it's a, it, from what people have been saying, it's a great game, and Sega is taking very good care of the Xbox players. However, when closed beta started in February, they said, mind you, closed beta is for Xbox users only. Uh, play, uh, PC users will be able to get in on the open beta. Open beta started March 17th. We were told, PC release is still on track for spring, but for now, the open beta is Xbox only. We'll give you more information as soon as we can. Ever since then, that's all we've been being told is it's on track for spring. You know, we'll tell you what we can when we can. It's on track for spring. Yeah, it's about right. And meanwhile, the PC users are super skeptical because we were uh, given an announcement. Oh, it's going to come out. It's going to be brought over to PC and you'll be able to share it with the Japanese players in 2012. Guess, you know, we were, you know, Sega had all this that they were telling us and they were gearing up for it, and it never happened. They just said, oh, we're still working on it. Oh, we're still working on it. And then nothing. It actually got to the, you know, it actually got to the point where if I had to, if I had to choose between 
uh, Portalarium and Sega for how to how much or for who to trust as far as how likely they were to screw over the fans. I would have trusted Portalarium. That's a little weird. Well, honestly, Sega has had its own issues. Oh, by the way, Hydrax. Hydrax. Hi. Sega has had its issues with those games that has brought over in the past. Take, for example, Fantasy Star Universe. Oh, yeah. The PC version, or the, the North American version, or worldwide version, was years behind the uh, Japanese version development-wise. You know, there was content that we were asking for for years that they had that we never got. And the same could easily be said of uh, the PC and, or sorry, the North American releases of Fantasy Star Online 1. Which is, again, why I have very little trust when it comes to what they tell us about dates unless I see something in front of me. Now, meanwhile, while they tell us, oh, keep sitting tight, they're giving the world to the Xbox users who are, you know, proudly in the Twitter feeds talking about feasting on PC users' tears and saying, so much for the Master Race. And I can kind of understand that mentality, but it isn't helping. It seems like there's a bunch of new MMOs that are all kind of in process at the moment anyways, which might be good. I think we all kind of need a change of pace. Like people in Classic WoW are getting old, getting sick of it. Retail WoW, people are sick of it. Final Fantasies. Pretty much everyone I know in the uh, sort of guild, whatever, uh, what is it, Free, or, um, free Company that I was in, nobody's playing it at the moment. Like, everyone's just all moved on to doing other stuff, mostly single-player games. Or going back to older games that, like, none of us have touched in a while. Well, not yeah. for Blizzard, they're not. <sighs> I think one of, um, one of the issues playing MMOs lately is that you are... Uh, well, the casual players are not even considered in, in the equation. It's focused to... Uh, how should I call them? The Raiders, the Hardcores? Hard, uh, uh, might be a, a little harsh, but I call them the Game Slaves. Because the, the people that are like slaves to the game, they spend too much time. Uh, it's, it's just insane. And they... And, a lot of animals expect you to spend a lot of time on the game. To play, they expect you to play only that game as a sort of slave for them, or I don't know. And well, it's almost like with streamers too. A lot of us, there's some people who are just like, just want to see you play one game. You know, look at I look at you know mm-hmm. one of my favorite. He constantly people always only want him to play World of Warcraft, and it's like no, he likes. to change it up once in a while because oh, who's that aspen gold oh him you know how much you even know how he much... likes to play other games like dark souls and other ones because he needs a change of pace yeah like you even know... the most diehard fan is like no i need a break once in a while well when it yeah, comes to asman gold you, you get the uh, you get behind in the game when, it's, when it comes to mmos the way the rate at which the content is updated and and the pace of the grinding is just insane i've been there i've been a heavy mmoer since 2001 in eq now there's one mmo i i'm so happy that it's came back sort of but due to various issues i won't stream it in fact after what one idiot did i can't stream it that being city of heroes well, the one I've been playing is uh, Black Desert Online, and that one it has a very good pacing. Uh, you don't have to, uh, for example, the set, the best set you have for for the game. I have been told that it has been there for about three years, and uh, and it's still. It's still up to date and on with the content. There's new content coming in, but the 
the armor and the weapons and everything are already three years old, and no new weapons or armor have been added. It's just the the content and the way it's being paced. It allows you to play casually or to be dedicated, and you still have lots of things to do. It's not just the grinding over and over on the same content and then getting new content and grinding over it. Well, Very different. That's actually one thing I would really love to see in a lot more modern games is horizontal progression. We're not so much getting one class more powerful, but getting more options, leveling, you know, getting more tools in your toolbox, as it were, you know, getting more versatility. That's why I love Final Fantasy XIV when I'm not burnt out on it, is because one character can literally level everything. I mean, seriously, I, ha- I have one friend who has made level 80 in every class, including the gathering and crafting. I don't know how they do it, but they've done it. <laughs> but why I can't stream City of Heroes right now, well, at least not the Homecoming server, one chuckle genius decided they were going to record themselves making Marvel characters in City of Heroes and post it to YouTube. And Seasoft mm. got involved. You know, had the video taken down, and rightly so. And immediately after the homecoming team, because technically, as much as they're in talks, which they've been saying for a year, there hasn't been any official word that, okay, we're good. Uh, you know, mm. almost immediately after the guy did that, the, home, the homecoming server team said, yeah, as of effective immediately, you are not allowed to make any recordings or streams of this game. Ouch. Yeah, because of one idiot, everyone paid. That's usually how life works, sad to say. Yeah, pretty much. I've downloaded a new game recently. Trying it out. It's titled Honkai Impact 3rd. It's available on for mobile, but it's also for PC. Nice. And basically, it's a beat 'em up game. And I, I was, I already have the first three characters unlocked. Oh, nice. The first, the first one is uh, pretty much like a Bayonetta. Uh, it's a girl with two guns, and her primary attacks are kicks and and firing the guns and she has power up uh, and also she has charge attacks the charge attacks is a descending kick and when she hits a gigantic cat paw appears and stomps on the enemy at the same time (laughs) And, and there's also a power up mode when you activate it, uh, the attacks from her are also followed up by gigantic cat paws in the enemy. It looks a lot like it reminds me a lot of Bayonetta with the 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 attacks. When, uh, I don't know if you have played it, but the attacks are assisted by a sort of demon. A, a demoness and some kicks and stumps are assisted by a gigantic stump from the demon. You only see you see a portal opening, and from the portal pops the leg and stumps at the enemy, or or you see the portal opening and a punch coming from there, <laughs> from the demoness. Nice. And that's uh, that's what happens in Bayonetta, and on this game, it's a funny cat paw, a white cat paw. (laughs) It's nice for a game to have something a little unique like that to kind of help suck people in. Yeah, it's uh, but uh, pretty much looks uh, looks looks and feels a lot like Bayonetta, but more family friendly. (laughs) Well, to be fair, Bayonetta. 
her whole thing was like I like anti angels, you know, the whole angels versus devils thing, wasn't it? Because I know they made a big point in her intro to Smash having her beat, you know, nine times the crap out of Palutena and Pit. I never bothered to play too far into any Bayonetta game. I think I started to play one. I think I did like the first level and that was it. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. I am completely ignorant. Yeah, I started it, but then uh, got occupied with other things and other games and and I, it's on my list of pending games. I want to finish uh, Breath of the Wild first. That's uh, what I've been focusing on later, lately. Yeah, it's like with me trying to finish Dragon Quest like we talked earlier. And I started getting into Doom Eternal, which we talked about earlier. All right. Got to finish things in the backlog and make room for all these other games. And despite the fact that we all the quarantine and stuff all going on, Still going to the day shop every day, Monday through Friday. That's actually something that has me terrified right now. Well, not for me, because my mother and I are shut in, so yay! Yeah, but with my immune system, this is incredibly dumb. But my boss doesn't care. Because we're essential, despite the fact I could do it all from home just as well, if not better. No, kind of irks me. What irks me is the fact that my old, or I shouldn't call her old lady, even though, well, we're about the same age. But my fiance, Florida, they basically just shut down today. Yeah, you guys are getting the same kind of order that we basically have had now for a little while. Yeah, well, my fiance has been told that as the level of agent that she is at the call center that she works at, Despite the fact that nearly the entire staff is work at home, she is considered essential personnel. So not only does she still have her two-hour commute one way in the middle of a lockdown, but they're at least, at the very least, they're giving her additional pay for it. Oh, nice. But she's... Part of the reason she has to work at the office instead of work at home and they consider her essential is... The company she works for, and I don't want to name names because I worked for them myself in the past, and I don't trust them at all. Because when I worked for them, my thumb drive that I used to log into my secure work environment, which was FreeBSD, I might add, also installed a rootkit into my personal use OS to monitor any talk, any talk of the company itself. Which is This is why I don't trust them. Well, their requirements for work-at-home internet are so stringent she can't actually get that sort of internet from her home because she lives in the rural florida boonies the only sort of internet she can get where she lives is satellite or dial because neither at&t nor comcast want to run cable out to her trailer because she's a mile away from her nearest neighbor Oh, yeah, they, they basically would charge you for the distance, and it's just not cost-effective. Because you have the, the actual cost of the cable, you have the labor, you have all the fees you have to pay to them, fees to the local stuff. It's just, ugh. Like my parents, it would basically be a eh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 45-foot length, basically, plus an extra... Eh, I used to work and place, get... I used to work in a place where the one of the requirements for home office was that you had a redundant internet connection. <sighs> so if yours dropped, you ha- you were immediately picked up by the other. Yeah, that is a connection from two different providers. <sighs> what if your area only has one provider, like you do in some areas? <laughs> Well, they would. They wouldn't like that. Wouldn't allow it's just home reality. <laughs> it's just reality. Yeah. Go across the street from where I am. Because literally across the street from, because on the other side of my area where I am, we have the police station and the town hall and the library. You go literally just across the street from this little block that we're on. They only have one provider. It stops, despite the fact that ah. there is one of the big boxes. Mm-hmm. On the corner, on the... <laughs> it's just you know, ridiculous. Right, it's right there. 
they ran cable all along this side of the road, but the other side of the road, no, nobody, they don't get any of it. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb. Like there's so many condos and apartments and there's literally the old folks home. One of two with, you know, 500 people. And it's like, Hey, that's a lot of customers. Yeah. Oh, I hear not you. Be a problem. There's yeah, another, I... go ahead. I'm sorry. I posted a link on on the linkage channel. It's a the it's a video of the first character and it, uh, it shows the cat paws. Yeah, I recognize that game. It's been highlighted a couple times um, by a couple of YouTubers and one person on Twitter. I know. At first, I didn't recognize it, and then I'm like, "Hey, I've seen that highlighted." I'm wondering why does she have a wave motion gun? Yes. <laughs> what? Why does she have a what? A wave motion gun. It's a reference to space battleship Yamato. Mm. Or you might have heard it called Star Blazers. Think the Macross cannon if you've seen Macross. Basically, a lot of the art in that game is inspired from a lot of other things, so it's huh. not that surprising. Well, like they say, it's, it's Chinese. What did you expect? <laughs> uh, yep, exactly. And uh, it's part of the Chinese philosophy. And they uh, they copy from others, and it's uh, uh, they see it as a tribute or as a compliment. In their mind, they are complimenting those they copied. Yeah, like I don't see it as disrespectful. I see it as oh, they just you know pulling inspiration from various things and putting together interesting characters. It's not something we haven't seen other developers do before. Yeah. If anything, it's almost a typical thing at this point. So, yeah. we've all seen quite a few interesting things, but oh, life's not boring. That's the way to look at it. Sometimes I wish it was. Life would be. (laughs) <laughs> Go with a lot less frustration and pain that way. Yeah. By the way, they are, these guys are the same ones that uh, developed Genshin Impact. Sorry, the last mobile phone game that I tried playing was, I think, well, no, it wasn't Azure Lane. I, there was one I tried after that, a fake Grand Order, which seemed fun but felt way too grindy, way too gotcha, mm-hmm. way too gotcha upon. Mm-hmm. This one is also for PC, and it's quite an action game, mostly. And they, as I say, they are developing Genshin Impact, which is a, an action RPG for Nintendo Switch. Now, the Switch, I think, is an amazing system. You know, it fills that nice niche. It might not be the most powerful of consoles, but it's something you can you know plug into a dock, and once you're at, done going out and about, not like we're going out and about these days, but still. And you can just sit down, unplug your your Joy-Cons, put them on the adapter, and just go on your big screen. Well, and a lot of people, as of late, it's been a nice source of entertainment with some of the new games out, like Animal Crossing and other stuff. Which, this is something Nintendo did not expect. People having a little too much fun with the game, doing things they really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But Nintendo can't stop them, so it's just like, oh, it's hilarious. I love it. It's great. And the creativity of gamers, when they're able to do things developers don't expect, and they're going, well, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> we're just going to have to let it happen. Uh, if we're going to talk about, if we're going to talk about crappy things that, <laughs> that developers are doing, let's talk about Bandai for a while. Who here is interested in the Persona 4 uh, re- uh, remake uh, expansion, the Persona 5 Royal? I'm still confused why they did that in the first place. Apparently they added new content and such, much like they did for Persona 4 Gold. Okay. Because part of me was just like, it was like, it's not like the game's all that old. Fair enough. But what they're doing that aggravates me to no end as a streamer and what they did with the original launch of Persona 5 that led me to boycott Bandai in general. 
what they're doing with Persona 5 is they're essentially saying, while you normally don't mind you streaming anything, don't stream this game. Specifically, don't stream it past certain certain date in the game because we don't want people being spoiled. But Even a lot though, of people like streamers to play ones they're not going to play, so then they don't have to play it. Yeah, and if they don't see it, that means they'll have to buy it to see it. Well, but I, my take on that is, why the hell are you going to watch a stream if you don't want it spoiled for you? Very, very smart idea, Drax. Very, very exactly my point. Thank you very much. And that, yeah, like, that's the whole reason I stream is here's the games I'm playing. Watch it if you want. Don't watch it if you don't want it spoiled. It's the end. And they're telling people, if you stream this game, you must stream it using the PS4's built-in streaming rather than, and, you know, what, and not via Elgato or Remote Play or other ways. But The reason being, I'm sure that they're doing this, because this is what they did for, for the base Persona 5, and why I went and returned my copy and took like a, 20, like a $30, $40 loss the next, very next day after buying it. The entire game when, uh, for the original Persona 5, when I went to go stream it using the, P- or the PS4's internal streaming, was listed as blocked cutscene. The entire oh. game. Everything. Wow. The opening menus, the gameplay, they did not want that game streamed. Again, because spoilers. But streaming is literally a way that has caused a lot of games to get so much more traction. And make a lot more sales, like in the millions. Yeah, and they did this with P5 or Basic. And you know how many people, you know, did not get that game out of, you know, upset over the crap they pulled? I purposely didn't get it because it's like, I'm not going to upgrade to a PlayStation 4. And in all honesty, I was not all that enamored with what it looked like. Well, I've... Looks like they're just kind of pulling some of the same stuff in with what Bandai had done with certain other IPs. I was just kind of like, you know what? Screw them. They're not getting my money. I admit to being a bit of a fan of the base Shin Megami Tensei series and some of the spinoff content, but with them doing that, it really got me to the point where I don't want to give them my money if they're going to treat you know legitimate uh, users that way. I'm a fan of the Tales series. I recently finished tales of berseria i've heard good things i own it but i've only ever played like a couple of hours it's it's uh the story is uh, it's quite interesting it's uh puts you on the on what they call the evil side of the story but you uh, uh, basically, you are playing what can be seen and is seen by everyone as the evil side. You can see the characters and their personality. They are not, they're not heroes. They're a bunch of anti-heroes. Their, their goal is not... Uh, uh, at first, it doesn't look like, a, like a, an altruist goal. It looks like they're just e- just plain evil, but as as you go on through the story and you get to know the characters, their motivations, their backstory, the backstory of the of the good guys, you get to you get to see the 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 good guys are just as bad. They're just a bunch of a bunch of uh, how should I call them? A bunch of bigots and uh, a bunch of uh, of uh, stupid people who believe they're doing the world a, a favor when they when the truth is what they're doing is is really bad. They want to practically brainwash and enslave everyone in the world through a divine mind through a divine brainwashing and mind control that's their whole plan that's actually a very common trope in the Tales series have you ever played Tales of Symphonia? no, the other Tales I played was Tales of Fantasia oh, Tales of Fantasia very good game, very good game 
Yeah. It has a prequel game Super that came Nintendo. out. Played for the Super Famicom. One of the better versions. One of the only Super Famicom games I've ever played that had a voiced soundtrack. Yeah, and a voiced soundtrack and all the special moves have their names shouted by the character. And also there's a relic, which is a, a gamepad, a Nintendo gamepad. If you equip that, uh, you, you get a list of all the special moves. Instead of choosing from a menu, the special moves that you're going to have and use the simple shortcuts to access to them and have, I think you can have up to four different special moves set up uh, by nice. default. But if you if you use the controller, if you equip that relic, you get a list of special moves like a fighting game. And you have access to all the skills for the character. All That's of them. That's cool. I like yeah. that. But <laughs> it's fan- an, a lot of the commands are complicated, but the ones you learn, the ones you want to use, you can break that the four special move limitation. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned Tales of Fantasia. I really am because it had a prequel game that came out not long after it on GameCube and later PS2, and now you can actually get it on PSN for the PS3 and 4. I think you can even buy it on the PC now. It's called Tales of Symphonia. I'll have to look into it. Let let me do the honor for you. But this is... It gained some popularity for a while, too, when it first came out. Okay, it came out for... Yep. And another of my favorite Bandai games is... Tekken, the Tekken series. I can't say that I've played more than like the first one or two Tekkens. I have uh, I have the Street Fighter cross Tekken game. Now, when it comes to crossovers, and I'm glad you mentioned Street Fighter cross Tekken, that's not the only crossover that Capcom and Bandai Namco did. There were a series of role-playing games that they did that were crossovers. I'm sure everybody's heard of Project Cross Zone. That sounds familiar. Well, yes, for the 3DS. Yep. Amazing game. One of my favorites. Because it didn't just cross over Namco and Bandai stuff. It also crossed in Sega. So you had uh, the, the girl from Space Channel 5 alongside uh, X and Zero alongside uh, what's his name? Jin, Jin Kazama all, you know, all as playable characters in a strategy RPG. And they actually, before that, there was on the PS PlayStation 2, a game we didn't get in the United States or Mexico called Namco Cross Capcom. It was just Namco and Capcom stuff. And that was a very interesting one for me because that was my first experience with the series that became Project Cross Zone. You know, I you know I giggled like an idiot when I had frickin' Dig Dug battling side by side with Rockman Volnut from the Mega Man Legends games. Though it got you know silly to the point of being amazing with the second Project Cross Zone game, because when they added started adding Sega stuff, they started getting some of the obscure things and not exactly combat related. For example. Due to portals opening up, Phoenix Wright and Maya Fey ended up in Makai, the world from Darkstalkers. And to take pity on them, Morrigan Ainsland enchanted Maya Fey's magical mag- magatama with spiritual force so that whenever Phoenix Wright shouted, Objection! It actually hurt people. <laughs> no, really. And they also added one of my favorite assist characters in an RPG of all time. They- and I'm so glad that he had, this is his only ever appearance in an American product or American English language product. Segata Sanshiro. Uh, the guy from the commercials, the Sega commercials? Yeah, the one who beat the crap out of people and told them they have to play Sega Saturn. Yeah. <laughs> there was a level in the game where you're playing as the two guys from Tales of, of Vesperia. Yuri Lowell, and I think his name is Floyd, who are trying to go rescue the party a lady in the game. And they run into Sega, and he's like, 
so do you boys play Sega Saturn? And they're like, what are you talking about, old man? We don't have time for video games. Uh -oh. and, and the whole time while he's fighting, the, you know, kicking the crap out of them and this whole scene is going on, the Sega Tassanchiro theme is playing. And it is, you know, exactly, it is glorious. And after that mission, he joins you as an assist character that you can call out to basically judo fling people and tell them they have to play Sega Saturn. And of course, I always paired him up with the characters from Sakura Wars because, oh great, uh, that's Facebook, okay. <laughs> if you want to join the Ultima Dragons, you can do so at udic.org, where you can choose your very own dragon name. You can also find the Ultima Dragons on Facebook. We have a Facebook group there. And you can follow at Ultima Dragons on Twitter or join them on Discord. And if you're feeling really old school, you can even fire up a Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. Hit up the show notes for links to all of these. If you want to participate more directly in the podcast, you can send us an email. Or if you're feeling a little bit braver, leave us a voice message in one of three places, the podcast website, our Facebook page, or on anchor.fm. And you're also welcome to join us on our Discord server to chat with us, to lurk, or even contribute to podcast recordings when they happen. And again, links in the show notes. If you'd like to support Spam 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 Humbug, you can do so at patreon.com slash ultimacodex, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to episodes the day before they go live to the general public. You'll also get access to behind-the-scenes audio when we have some to share, and possibly other interesting content. But we also welcome your moral support. You can like the Ultima series on Facebook, follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter, or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. And you're also welcome to share our episodes with your friends and social media circles. Spam 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 Humbug is a production of the Ultima Codex. You can find show notes online at spamspamspamhumbug.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous. Be virtuous.